Welcome to your sophomore year at the Tragedy Academy, where you are the teacher and we are the students. Together, we will learn from past tragedies to lay the foundation for a better humanity. The only supplies you'll need an open mind and a sense of humor. So, tilt that chair back, talk out of turn, and never raise your hand. Because this is the Tragedy Academy and class in session. And I'm Pure Scott. Welcome to the Tragedy Academy, a show created to bridge societal divides in a judgment-free zone using candor and humor. My name is Jay, and today I am joined by Glauco Aruju. How you doing, Glauco? I'm doing good. And you? I'm doing well. I'm doing well. Did I get that right? Yes, it's Araujo. Araujo. Okay, I was yes. close. Yes, yeah, yeah. I was. It, <laughs> I, I I always try to pronounce names correctly. I don't like to butcher them. It's a sign of respect. You live around the <laughs> world, and that's somebody's name. I can't stand it when somebody butchers it or I see somebody doing that. <laughs> I'm sure you get it yeah. beat up pretty good. Oh, yeah, but sometimes it's complicated, you know? It's, I, I will say the, that yeah, some, the funny thing that just happened um, when I was typing to send you an email, it you know how you get like the um, the autocorrect or, or something <laughs> like that? <laughs> how often do people text you the name Glaucoma? Glaucoma. Oh, my gosh, a lot, a lot. And actually, I use it's a horrible example, but it helps people to pronounce my name because they didn't know how to, to pronounce my name. I say, you know, glaucoma, the disease, just take out the, the M-A. There you are. That's my name. That That's a great way to learn it. I, you know, know. I lived in uh, Tokyo for like five years or in Japan for five years. And, um, and that's hard. one of the ways that I had learned um, initially to say you're welcome in Japanese is doitashimashite. And the way they teach you to say it is don't touch my mustache. Don't touch my mustache. Don't touch my mustache. And that's how they, they would teach us how to say it. Oh my always, God. There's always weird quirks when you're in other countries and you're learning new languages and things like that. Yeah. It's it's amazing what's lost in translation. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yes. So Glauco is is blessing us with his presence today um, with a great resume of incredible things that you've done and a story that uh, I think would resonate with so many different people in so many different ways. Um, Glauco is from uh, Rio and uh, is a ballet dancer, correct? Uh, a trained ballet dancer. Why don't you tell us about your experience there in Rio? Yes, I, I grew up in a city called Niteroi. It's outside Rio de Janeiro. Um, I can say it was like a farm town. Um, we are like an hour to Rio downtown and, you know, very quiet. <laughs> No, it's I, a I different understand. story. Yeah. I grew up on a dairy, so I get it. Yeah. Like, it's very quiet. Super remote. Yeah. Pre-internet. So, very, it feels like a paradise when you think of it right now, because now I live in the city, and you think about back home. Oh, my gosh. What a paradise. Like, all green and quiet and... It's it's amazing how that uh, perspective changes once you're in there. And you end up liking both of them. So I've lived in Chicago and I've lived in Tokyo. And I've also lived in a field in the middle of nowhere. And I can tell you I enjoyed all of them. But I think um, I, I think that's a limited use time frame. Like you can, you only have so much city life in you before you have to get out and, and decompress. <laughs> yeah, 
And the thing is, because uh, a lot of people live in the city, I talk a lot of people here and say, oh, I don't want to be in the city anymore. They grow up here uh, and they like to go places like Florida or somewhere quiet. I think because I grew up in someone's, in a place that was so quiet and now I live in a city, it feels like wonderful, like feeds me. Like I have enough quiet in my life and, you know, pleasant time and, you know, <laughs> nice, you know, like a all the afternoon, there was sound of anything, just like birds, and maybe you can hear even the trees. You know, it, it's wonderful, the breeze. It, it feels good, but... <laughs> I, I understand. So your new ambiance is is the train outside the window. It's the it's the, it's the the background it. noise of the city. I, I lived um, in downtown Chicago and on, on South Loop, and, and we had an apartment, like, on the 25th oh, floor. Nice. And it had just... This, you know, you could hear the trains outside. You could hear, you know, we were overlooking like, uh, what is it? Um, the park, Grant Park, right there off of uh, mm-hmm. South. It was, oh, it was nice. amazing. But the sounds that just became <laughs> embedded in your background, they, I honestly couldn't sleep without sound after that. Oh, my God. It would become like a white note, white Correct. note, right? Yeah. Exactly, exactly. You you uh, studied ballet in Chicago, correct? Or you were in, in the ballet there as well? I, I work for a modern dance company there. And also they do modern dance, they do ballet, they do uh, the handicap, you know, the disabled dance, what they call here with the people in the U-chairs. Um, so I did it back home too. That's where it was a, I started as a professional dancer. You, yeah, I saw you were with the Paralympics, right? Yes, yes. Uh, we did the one day change for the next city. It was we in London, and then the next city would be in Rio in 2016. Uh, so we were there. We performed in the the, the 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 closing ceremony, and it was fun. It was. I mean, well, I mean, I've never been to Brazil, but oh and uh, but I think it's pretty well known that Brazilians love the party. No matter what the situation is, like, it's fun. It's fun. Even if it's good, wholesome fun, it's still going to be a whole lot of it with everybody together. I couldn't imagine what that was like. And then mixing in all those other cultures. Yes, yes. It's very, it feels like it was carnival, but in a different way, because when in a stadium, which is different feeling, because, you know, the parades, the fame parades, the the carnival parade, uh, you know, you just walk in in this huge place. Uh, you know, the feeling was kind of similar uh, being because I performed many, many years in the parade and like thousands of people and TV. Oh, yeah. Uh, oh, so it's amazing. Yeah, it is a big deal back home. And I'm kind of like an hour. It feels so crazy because when you watch it on TV or, or see in the news about the parade, it's something like, oh my gosh, it's a big city and then like another world. Then and here I was, like an hour away, living in a farm. <laughs> I totally understand. I was in the middle of Florida yeah. on a farm, and then you'd have like Tampa. Orlando at Disney World, Jacksonville, all these oh things, Miami and all these places around, yeah. but literally sitting in a field right yeah. in between all of it with no yeah. internet and an antenna TV that was really small. Mm-hmm. And you just, that was your whole connection to the outside world, which yeah. I need to know the story. How does Glauco go from a field outside of Rio to becoming a, a super accomplished dancer and actor, which we're going to get to as well. Yeah. So we're talking about Rio. So when I was a child, so one of my parents said, well, we have to go to Rio or maybe from some, I don't know, some appointment and a doctor. I don't know, something 
have to be, or maybe even uh, like a trip. So go to Rio. Can you imagine? It's just an hour. If oh, I know, we used to we used to say go to town. Right, like it was. Oh my gosh, I'm on another planet. You're 100 percent right. There's, there's. See, so you're you're really going through a culture shock. <laughs> Totally. Now that I totally. think about it, I'm like, I really recognize this situation. Totally. totally. It was, so we can, can imagine when I was here in New York for the first time, even in London too, but I was, I was not by myself, which is different, even though you have the shock, but I was with a, like a, a group of people, have people who was managing me there. So I was not by myself. When I went here by myself, that was like a shock. Like it was like, oh my gosh. This is crazy. It, you know, it's um, when I had a friend that explained to me what um, it was a Japanese friend. He said that when people first come to Tokyo from other countries, they look like chickens. And I was like, what do you mean? <laughs> and he said that their heads dart around like chickens do yeah. looking at everything. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, so it is true. so true. You're yeah. like, you're just spellbound. You're, you're looking at everything. You're just in wonderment. Yeah. It's so much to take in at once, especially coming from where yes. you came from. Yeah, there's a lot of interactions and you have no control. It's like being Times Square for the first time. Crazy. All the it's lights. It's like one of those spiraling, uh, I, I, I'm not a cameraman, okay. but it's like one of those spiraling scenes where the camera goes around you and you're looking up. <laughs> <laughs> that's what it That's what it looks like, you know, in oh my, my head. Gosh. It's so true. I think the, the, the motivation to be out of, of, of this small town and be in a big city is just like, it's a dream. I had a dream to be an artist. I, it was not something I, I don't think like when I was young, I thought like, oh my gosh, I think this would be a good idea. No, it's, it's just, it, it yeah, came Yeah, that doesn't seem like the first thing on the list for a farm area in, in Brazil. No, not at all. How does, how does that, how did you come in contact with ballet? Um, so I, my first contact with ballet, it was after actually I get my first job in a dance company. I was lucky enough to have a director who believed me. I just have like a, like you can say like a raw talent and she won't invest me. I didn't have any training as a dancer, but she said, you know, it's just a matter of you taking class and with time and you, you'll be able to do what we need here. Say, okay. So I got the job first and then I started taking ballet classes. And the first thing I did, I hate ballet in the beginning because it was all this structure, <laughs> you know, like, oh, oh, it was. Oh yeah. It's, it's, it's work at what you love. Oh, exactly. It's just like, I like the stretch. The stretch was the first thing I love it in the beginning. It was nice. Oh, this feels good. But the ballet, because you have to get in those positions and it's very, very strict. I feel like I was like, you know, like, <laughs> what am I? Yeah, how do you, uh, the, the the positions that you guys get into and the, I mean, the torture that you see that happens to the feet and the ankles and the yes. knees, because that's got to be just, I, I can't imagine that there's not like a sexy feet contest in the ballet uh, mm -mm. arena. No. <laughs> like, I'm not no, trying to be no, mean, no. but I can't imagine <laughs> after seeing you, no. you stand on your toes professionally, oh, those things God. are, God, they got to hurt. They, yeah, especially the girls because they have to be point shoes. They have oh, a hard there a time. Difference? I didn't yeah. know that the men didn't have, uh, obviously, they don't wear the same slipper or that, but I thought right. maybe they had a similar toe. Yeah. But the man uh, depends. Sometimes there's a uh, companies, uh, dance companies, they do man on point shoes and they make uh, uh, specific ballets for men in point shoes. But that's a very, very few. They're not much. Uh, maybe right now there's a different, but 
usually like a regular dance company, ballet dance company, you'd be the girls on point shoes and the guys would be just uh, a regular uh, ballet shoes. But even though it's hard, it is hard because the men have the jumps and it's it's a it's a hard life and <laughs> I, I believe it. I've only been to one ballet. I mean, yeah. let's let's be real. I grew up like like we were explaining, I grew up in a you know, a farm in the middle of nowhere. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, I was in the army and stuff like that. And I didn't even know to seek yeah. out ballet. You know, yeah. something that, you know, I would I, I wasn't exposed to the arts so yeah. much. So um when we lived in Chicago, we actually got tickets to the uh Joffrey ballet at the uh, Lyric Opera House. House mm-hmm. for the um the nutcracker and that was my first uh my first experience um at, at a ballet it was amazing yeah, it amazing amazing beautiful beautiful when i was working in chicago uh, i went down to see the the joe to the nutcracker it was so beautiful so the, beautiful. that opera house is amazing when oh you go gosh. in there it's like being transported through time yes yes and the wonderful thing i mean i don't want to sound pretentious or anything <laughs> no, Yo, come no, on. No, I mean, no, you're no, allowed no. a little bit. No, it's no. okay. <laughs> because uh, when I started learning, you know, ballet and really going deep and studying the history and go, you know, all the famous ballet dancers. And Nureyev was the one who I loved so much. I still love him. I don't know if you uh, if you heard about Nureyev. Rudolf Nureyev, he was a famous ballet dancer, uh, probably in the like late 50s. Yeah, there's a 100% chance I don't know that, but I'm still fascinated in the story and I'm very interested. <laughs> yeah. I'm just going to let you know, this is, this is not the, the tra- this is the wrong kind of academy. This is not a dance academy, this is a tragedy academy, but I am here and I want to know about this. And you know, he was, a, 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 I believe, a generation before the Barisha Yukov. Uh, okay, now I know that name. Yeah. So he was a generation uh, before, I guess, because Nureyev had to be 60s, and he was a little early in the 50s. Anyway, so he, Nureyev, it was very important because uh, what he changed in the ballet world, uh, especially for the men's part, because usually the men was just only carrying the girls, you know, mm-hmm. lift the girls, and, and then he started at, uh, editing steps for a, a the masculine men. masculine position. Yes, and then added in showing more the male dance on stage, not just the, the woman, just the girl. Well, dance is universal. Mm-hmm. Dance is universal. It should yes, be allowed yes, in any yes. form. Yes, also his, his perform, his presence too, the way he presented himself, it was, it was, a, it was a new way, you know, for the audience, uh, for, the, for the ballet itself. Anyway, so he was my inspiration when I was, you know, like trying my best, you know. <laughs> I was trying to follow this guy instructions and in his, you know, just reading about himself. And I find out that when I was in Chicago, uh, about that po- at that point, I, w- I was read like so many biographies about him and books about uh, his work with the Paris Opera Ballet later in, in his life. Uh, anyway, so he did, the first time he performed in Chicago, he performed a choreography. Uh, it was for the Ballet Russe. Uh, he played, I forgot the name of the ballet, but he played a role for the Prince Igor. Uh, so it's a lot wow. of, you know, there are the Russians, they do the, the jumps and they have a whip. There's a lot of strength and masculinity that's that's portrayed out of the out of Russia. I mean, that's that's got to be very clear. I mean, that's not the uh, the country known for its periwets. Right, right. It's a very tough. 
so <laughs> so this was yeah. his <laughs> so this is his first uh performance in Chicago on that beautiful theater uh all the way downtown. I forgot the name of the theater. Uh the uh, big Lyric one. Opera House, probably. Is yeah. it the Lyric or I think the Lyric or the other one? I think it was the lyric. I'm sure it was the lyric. Anyway, so when I performed in Chicago for the first time, I signed to do this part, the Prince Eagle. And it was my first performance in Chicago, not the same theater. It was in a different theater. <laughs> but for me, it meant so much like, I can't believe I'm doing the same part that You're he did. You're realizing your dream. I know, right? And it was not planned because when I got the job at Momenta, I was, at that point, there was so focused on modern dance, Martha Graham, and, and I was so in there, you know. When she offered me the Prince Eagle, it just, oh, okay, that's the Russian one, right? And then I got I got home and I just think over, going over the choreography, I'm like, oh my gosh, this is the same dance he did his debut in Chicago and then my debut too. With the with the allowance of a, a, a difference in the ability to dance with a, a less masculine type of approach to it or a, a more free form art, is that what you're kind of describing? Because you said he kind of brought that change um, yeah, from, no. the, from old Russia to... Yeah, no, it was introduced by, by, by his, uh, it was already that point because he changed that in the 70s and the 80s. And the choreography, I believe, was made, I don't know, in the 30s, 20s, I guess. For, for, mm -hmm. for Keen, it was a choreographer, the Belarus. Um, so by that time, there was a lot of change because of, because he because danced. Because of him and people yeah, like himself. Of, exactly. And of course, yeah, and of course I was searching for everything and like, I'm going to be so you related <laughs> to his struggle in a very passionate way, it would, yes. it would seem. What about yes. his struggle was, was congruent with your struggle? Uh, you talk about the so same. Like what, what, what were the similarities between his and your struggle? Because oh. it, it doesn't seem to be just dance, obviously. Um, because then you could pick any dancer because there's so many that are just so, you know, graceful and good at it. What about him did you did you see in yourself? I guess uh, because he was away from family and he had no choice. That was the only way he had to follow his dream. He just want to dance. And also he was in a time too that was not allow him to be himself. Uh, so he had to be kind of closet in a way. Um, so it's very tough for him. Um, mm. He had a lot of emotional issues too. I guess relate to all of this. Well, that's a very tough time for what you're describing. He, yeah. he was a homosexual man in the yep. ballet trying yeah. to uh, realize his dream and then having to go through, I mean, we know the 70s, 80s and 90s are oh, some of the most tough. horrific times for, you know, it's funny if you go back, you know, 500 years, it was no problem, you know, being a homosexual or doing, you know, that kind of thing. And then all of a sudden it became something that it was so horrible to the point where you you have people that are just completely trashed through that entire right. time frame. Right. And also he was, uh, it was, I think it was the KGB uh, was uh, after him. Uh, yeah. Because yeah, they want to kill horrible. him. Yeah, they, they, he was constantly receiving messages. They're going to kill his family because he was a traitor to the country. Stuff like that. They're like really have stuff. He was demasculating the country by being out there and representing what they yeah. thought was Russia as a as a gay right. man. Right. Good for him. Yeah. Good for him. Yeah. Good Do for it a hundred times. Keep doing it. Run around <laughs> yeah. with it. Tell everyone. <laughs> yeah. Stupid KGB. 
Oh, we do not hate the KGB. Please do not come after it. No, <laughs> um, so that's, so how, how um, I, I, I don't understand, you know, Brazilian culture, but I know that, um, that in the Hispanic culture, from what I saw in the past, that it wasn't the most friendly to, you know, young men coming out and, you know, as being gay, how, how, because I feel like that's a big part of this struggle and I might be honing in on this, but I feel like you, you saw a lot of yourself and him in that struggle. What's it like to, to leave? Is that part of the reason that you felt the need to leave and, and pursue your own Oh yeah, career path yeah. or life. Big deal, big deal. Of course, the dream, and but also to have a better life because mm-hmm. from where I came from, it's not a choice. You don't mm. have a choice, and and it seems like very friendly when you think Carnival and Rio is a big city. Mm-hmm. And I tried. I lived in with my parents for a while, and then I moved to Rio downtown. It's it's tough. It's very macho. Mm. And and also, uh, it's very uh, religious. Uh, you have mm. the Catholic. Two very fearful situations. Right. And also you have the evangelicals too, which is pretty strong. Brazil is Catholic because it was colonized by the Portuguese. Mm. And it's, you know, you kind of, it's kind of like in the system of everybody. You're just born and then you just literally, you go to the Catholic church to be baptized. And your parents not even go to the Catholic church, but you have to be baptized Sort of like, <laughs> yeah, I understand. It becomes an Easter, Christmas, and baptism thing. Exactly, exactly. <laughs> and then, yeah, but yeah, very, no, uh, very happy evangelicals and and Catholics. And so you you felt a pressure from that. Oh and, yeah, uh, and those people. I yeah. I can I can see how that uh, would create such a struggle. But you you seem to when I look at um, you know your artwork and the the uh, you know the films and stuff that you're starring in and. I'm I'm going to I'm going to go to the one thing that uh, everybody knows I like to talk about that's authenticity. Um I feel like maybe where you were you weren't allowed to express yourself to its fullest potential for who you wanted to be. Um do you find that uh, now that you're able to that the stars work differently for you now? Oh yeah. It's everything Less resistance. Like, yeah. So I don't have to be worried about. I don't have to be afraid when I go outside, you know. Like I'm free here. I can be myself and it's like everything is in favor to me. I don't have to constantly fight or hiding myself. It's amazing, you know, and I'm sure that that's something that's a scar. That's a mental scar that you're going to wear for the rest of your life. Mm-hmm. But um, you know, one of the one of the cool things about um life human mind is that um, those things, if you look back, aside from probably physical struggles or something like that, where somebody may have, you know, done something that they shouldn't have in that manner, everything after that, when you look back in retrospect, it's a choice to feel what people want you to feel. If they're looking at you with that kind of hate and those kind of eyes, it's not what, in fact, it's not even really what they mean. That's the sad part about the whole thing. Anybody that's looking at you with that much machismo is seriously questioning everything inside them. They're afraid to say out loud that maybe they think guys might look a little cuter than they want everybody to know they think. And for them, that's a sad situation too. Sad situation all the way around. Trapped in minds, trapped in all these stereotypes and, and the cobwebs that we've created between our minds. Um, I hope, you know, genuinely that you've been able to, uh, not just realize your dream, but, um, accept your past as, you know, something that you should, I mean, 
that's a horrible word, but you know, in this, these types of situations, but it shouldn't be. And that's grateful. Yeah. Yeah. And grateful. they suffer, they suffer too. They suffer too, which is, which is bad. I mean, thank God I was able to, to get out. And then I don't know if I was there, if I would be alive or it, it, it's tough. It was That's terrifying. Yeah. The, 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 few, the last few years, it was really, really tough. It was not, not very good. And, you know, put a smile and, you know, moving forward and then keep yes. positive. But it, it was like the moment I was able to, you know, a door opened and I got a job and people would, would open arms and they accept me and say, okay, I'm in. You know, it's funny. I think that uh, it's it's kind of twofold. A, one, you got the relief of leaving where you were. And two, I think that all those people were so happy to take you into their arms because you were being who you truly were supposed to be. So it allowed them to accept you with ease. Nobody, yeah. nobody chases away someone that's being 100% authentic unless they hate themselves for everything they're authentic about. Yeah, that's, that's right. That, that's it. That's it. That's so true. And it's funny because people say, well, what, how was before? Well, before I was a child, I was young. And it's kind of like, I don't know if it's acceptable, but because you were a child, so that means that it's easy to dominate. I don't, I don't, I don't know how really to describe. But as you get in a, as adult, is a different story, and that's why I think it's become dangerous because you you come home late at night, and then you expose you not just a child, you look yourself as an adult. So people think and relate to you as an adult. You know, mm. they think. I don't. It, it's a very weird because I think they have the right to 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 call you names or or harass you for just for no reason yeah the the the, the reason again is just everything within mm-hmm. themselves there's i mean uh, the unfortunate part is that um we're not taught at a young age that those things are internal to the person that's saying them and not internal to the person that it's being mm-hmm. said about. Yeah. And it, it, it can't become your core memories. It can't become who you d- identify as because you're only going to come out either wounded or a permanent victim or, you know, that's going to be your storyline. And I, right. I, that's not, that's not a way to live life. It just isn't in that victim spot. I see you mm-hmm. as a survivor. Um, yeah. you know, it looks like you're, you're thriving, screw survivor. You're thriving. Yeah. You're thriving. <laughs> Tell us about this. Film, Cause you're one minute you're doing dance in New York city and Chicago. And then the next minute I see you're in all these independent films that are getting award yeah. after award, after award, after award. Talk about that. It's, it's crazy. To be quite honest. <laughs> see, I was holding on to this, you know, oh I wanted people God. to hear that, you know, Acting and an accomplished dancer. Yeah, because uh, what the thing it was, I moved to New York. I was only doing this. It's something inside of me. I think I never I talk about that way. Something inside of me. So this is not enough. Like it's not. There's something more that I need to do because I really mm. like to 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 connect with the other people. And the dance at that point, it was so like okay, you go perform. It's satisfying. It's nice, but. I don't, I didn't have that exchange, you know, unless if you go out, talk with the audience, but <laughs> I want to go to that ballet where there's a Q and A in the middle. <laughs> <laughs> it's like something is missing. me, Mr. Verishnikov. Yeah. Can, Can you I, tell me? Right. After the first act, then I go out and talk with people and then come back to this. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. Like I, I we invented something <laughs> new. Like a need, 
yeah, like a need to talk with. And also, I think if you do a play, a musical or something, I think there always is something to talk about it. But like if you do dance, because there's no, there's no talk, it's just movement. Of course, it's emotion, it's beautiful. But in the end, like, oh, it was wonderful, but there is not much to talk about it. Unless if you're going, dealing with the people who knows already the the mm. the dance technique. Or- you wanted freedom of expression, the ability to interact with people more openly. I I, I see it. There so go. there's something in there. There's there's that spot, and I, I I have one myself, right? And it's I grew up not you know with the uh, the acceptance of being able to just be outgoing, goof off talk, express yourself in certain manners, you know, and that's due to nobody's fault. That's just societal, culturally, whatever, you know, seen and not heard kind of things, you know, be quiet, you know, you man, this, that, and the other. And I'm a goof. I love to talk to people. I understand people. And when I'm not actively trying to spread some kind of, you know, good word or spread some, or, you know, bridge some, some kind of divide or, or help something in that manner, I get a pain between my ribs. I get a pain, like a physical pain that I am not doing what I was created to do. I don't know if that's normal. I may have just confessed to something that my shrink is going to laugh at me or like (laughs) put me away for, but that's how I feel. And I didn't notice that until, until more recently when I realized who I was, I could start pinpointing what was causing the pain. <laughs> yeah, I think that's a drive. And yeah. um, is that something yeah. similar to how you feel yeah. when you're approaching these things? Yeah, totally, totally. I, I'm. Can I say? Can I say? Like, I'm a, a person, people, person, person, people. Like, doesn't there's, there's a way they they the people they, person? Yeah, yeah. We're all people persons. We just restrict ourselves mentally through other judgments. We would shake the hand of anybody if we didn't think somebody else was going to judge us for who we were shaking hands right, with. Right, right. And I, I I, was, you know, missing that so much. And then when I moved to New York, you know, just from, I think it was, I was lucky. I just, some uh, director saw me on performing. I was doing this uh, performance for the Kamarata New York Orchestra. And during the rehearsal, I mean, you know, dance with the orchestra is such such a beautiful thing. It's so, it feels. I probably was feel the vibration of every instrument, don't you? Oh my god! It was a soprano. The soprano singing. I was like, I was not there. I was somewhere, and I probably he felt that because he came to talk to me. He said, "I'm doing a short film, and it's about dance. And are you interested?" Like, of course. Let's do it. <laughs> Absolutely. You know, it's funny. You were being Glauco. You were being right. what you were created to do in that right. moment. And the moment you forgot about right. everything else, boom, somebody yeah. was attracted to you it, immediately. Exactly. Yeah. And it's, you know, you can be spiritual, energetic, whatever you think it might right. be, it is. Right. Because there's no other explanation that if you're just being yourself, you're going to attract people that are trying to do right. the same things. Right. And, I see, I see that, um, I feel like you're trying to give back through your art so other people can get through their struggle. I see that in a lot of the, a lot of the things that you've chosen, your films seem to be themed around (laughs) adversity and, you know, struggle (laughs) and things like that. 
Is it a mission to help other people? Uh, in the beginning, I, it was, I don't think it was constantly, but it was in my mind, but that was not make a decision, but it was there. And the last two films was like, I want to, no, 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 let's do something. I want to be specific here. Let's talking about this specific subject and we can do this. You know, so the idea was all, we settled the idea. The, the other ones, yeah, the other no, no, one hey, is Go not, ahead, go ahead. Yeah. So, um, because I, because it, as, as you say in the beginning, I didn't, uh, it was not like I didn't went to an agent to find me jobs. It was the, it was mostly things in my life. It, it's done by this. I was in a place and somebody else saw me or I, you know, we start talking with a group of people. It's sort of like, it's connected. It's like, my mind, you know, I'm thinking about something or it's like it's spontaneous. It's just, it's just happened. Maybe because I'm thinking about it. I, I don't know how to explain, but mostly in the, it was always good. Like, I, I thank God I was blessed to work with the, like, nice people. Like, always. <sighs> Would you find that when you lived in fear, uh, is it almost, because uh, this is kind of something that I've noticed uh, as of late, is that when I live in fear of judgment or fear of a certain kind of look from people or whatever it might be. Uh, I feel like you, you can attract negative people as well. Yeah. And there you will, if you perceive you have a struggle, you will come in contact with that struggle. Yeah, right. It, it, it's kind it's of a so double-edged sword. Yeah. It's so true. It's so true. It, yeah, I can, I can see <laughs> Very clear looking back, you know? Yeah, because nobody can throw anxiety at you or depression mm -hmm. or fear or anything like that. That's a, a non-material item. No, no. It's all a decision. No. Um, and I, I feel like that's kind of what the thing is with, uh, with myself, trying to uh, talk to people about how they don't have to be a victim of uh, um, their past. Because yeah. their past doesn't exist. Yeah. Well, it, it, you can learn from it because you're always right. in the present. You're never in the past, just like yeah. you're never in the future. I use Neither like the, one. Yeah, I use the past like as, as a reference, but that's it. And looking, that's, looking I think forward, that's what we're intended to do. Yeah, and then really excited about the future because there's so many wonderful things. You know, you don't know about you don't know about tomorrow. You know, right now here in the present, you 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 hear, but tomorrow there's so many wonderful things that you don't know so many wonderful people you can meet can I so many exciting places to go you know <laughs> there's, there's so many foods there's so many so friends many. there's so many cultures I know and I, I think know. that it's I think it's fear fear <laughs> yeah. is what prevents people from these interactions yeah. and I think it's twofold one yeah. we're apprehensive about what we don't know and mm -hmm. two we're apprehensive when we feel like people are going to judge us for interacting with yeah. somebody that is not accepted by the bigger peer group. Simple yeah. as that. Yeah. Simple as that. Otherwise, yeah. there's no reason to hate each other. Yeah. I mean, like, literally no reason. Yeah. It's so it, true. Yeah. It's bizarre <laughs> how we give in to this, uh, this genetic and hereditary madness. Yeah. Um, but it seems like you're, you're taking all the measures to give back and thrive at the same time. That's admirable. Yeah. If you were speaking to a young Glauco who was in this struggle, you know, growing up, you know, and, and realizing who he is and, and where he wants to be, what advice would you give him knowing what you know now? 
Um, I probably would say to be out of trouble, to <laughs> try. <laughs> don't, don't, don't get in trouble. Okay. <laughs> that does make be sense. Out of I, trouble. I would have given myself a shirt that said that was a kid. Oh my God. Because I was very aggressive as a kid. I was, because it was a way me to protect myself. Because, uh, because yeah, it was, of your because yeah. of your uh, your gender preference, you it, it, police don't get that. Yeah. Nobody understands that the most aggressive no. is the most wounded. Yeah, exactly. they're fighting for their life. Yeah, at that point, you are fighting for your life when you get yeah. to that point. And it's yeah. kudos to you for recognizing that. That's hard to recognize internally that you're aggressive yeah. because of yourself. Oh yeah, yeah. Um, because at home, I have a, a mix of love and hate at home. Mm. Uh, because my my parents are young parents, and so you can imagine as parents, and my par- both my parents come from like very humble beginnings, like they're a you know simple life, and have to they didn't finish school, they have to. See, my my mother in law is from Italy, and my father in law is from Colombia, and they both came to New York as immigrants. Yeah, um, I, and it, she grew up on a farm, and he grew up you know in in the the streets in Bogota, so. I, I see exactly what you're saying. It's it's a hard life. And when you're young, you don't understand, you know, mm. you just want to blame them. You do that. Kind of <laughs> but as you, you get an adult and then you, you you find out things. And I mean, I'm, I'm very good terms with my parents. Uh, there's so many that's things. Good to hear. It's, yeah, that's yeah. good to hear. I think, you know, like when you're 20s, you know, it's, it's so confusing. Uh, I think it's not a good idea to, to, you know, fight with their parents or, or, mm-hmm. or, or judge them. And in, I, I don't think it's a good a confrontation. Wait, you know, keep to yourself and then digest all that information. And mm. because, you know, they're your parents, you know, and if you feel like there's like, I don't know, 40%, 50% of love there, you know, like between, I don't know, everyone has a different struggle. Right. Uh, so trying to nurture that 50%. <laughs> I love that. So that glass half full yes, um, exactly. versus glass half empty. Right. You know, I, I always, I've been, I've been telling my friends and family and stuff like that, that we have to, you know, there's a, there, there's a serious issue with regard to our parents and grandparents. And that is that they're being put in a position uh, with massive amounts of technology and information, and they don't have the background to filter it. They don't have that. They haven't had it in their hands since a young age. So everything that they see is real. Everything that they see and understand, all of the words that there's no, they, there's nothing. And I think as, you know, as adults, I guess Gen Xers, whatever we are, um, we have to kind of bridge that divide and let them just go gracefully. It's kind of like, you know, if the lady down the street was hollering that there were spaceships above her, you would let her go, right? right. Well, so are the memes that they're yelling about. It's the yeah. same thing. Just let your parents yell about the memes they believe are real and go, yeah, ma, you're right. There's a, yep, yeah. yep, yep, that happened, yeah. you know, because who cares? Yeah. And everybody has an issue. Everybody has, nobody's perfect. And if you see there's a positive side there, just nurture that part. And, you know, always looking forward to that part. <laughs> then, you know, some, you know, some, some day between or somewhere, you can find a little balance there. And then you can have a relationship with that. Yeah, I think once you focus on the good, the bad becomes known. Exactly. You just focus on the good. Yeah. Oh, people don't change without new experiences. You know, you have to mm-hmm. have new experiences to understand what your 
you know, what the overall human experience is. You have to, you, you can't, you're, you, I've never been, uh, Eric used to say it. He's like, I'm not, I'm not a hundred percent anything. There's no way you uh, can be. I can't be a hundred percent about something. I've made so many mistakes in my life. So many things. I've done so many shameful moments, so many things that I regret, so many different, yeah. you know, whatever. But at the time, that's who I was. Yeah. But I'm not now. Right. You know, and we have to allow everybody to go through those experiences and, and get out of where they're from. We can't judge them before they've even had a chance to experience the other side. They may oh. not know it. And what they're doing may be heinous. And you got to stop that. But you can't judge them for what they believe because they right. don't have a damn clue. Yeah. It's it. They don't. They have literally yeah. no clue. It would be like me walking up to Glauco on the farm and saying, where is Ferrara's? I want to get, you know, I want to get a nice croissant from the bakery there in, in little Italy. And you would look like a pig staring at a wristwatch. Huh? You don't know because you've never been to New York. You don't know yeah. any of that shit. No different. Yeah. You hand a bunch of old people a cell phone with yeah. videos from all over the world. Yeah. They're like, holy moly. And they just start losing their shit. Yeah. We got to understand that they're losing yeah. their shit. Not that they're aggressively attacking everyone. Yeah. Although they do. They do. And and those are the ones that need to be stopped. But at the same time, mm -hmm. ugh, it's too tiresome to worry yeah. about people's judgment. Right. There's something else to do, you know, you know, things better. <laughs> they can do better. Uh, also, uh, I did therapy too when I, I came here, which was very... Excellent. Very I go to therapy. Health. Yep. Oh yep. my gosh. So it's, good for you. Your hand goes like this. <laughs> if it, oh my gosh. It's how amazing. unheard of was therapy for a man where you came from? Oh, are you crazy? <laughs> <laughs> well, when you grow up in a in a country environment in like where oh I grew up, gosh. all you know, uh, it's big burly, you know, cowboys and all that kind of stuff. If you just said therapy, oh my god, they, no, uh, uh, you wouldn't even get physical therapy, let yeah. alone mental therapy. <laughs> yeah, they think you're crazy that you have a mental mental issue, you had a problem, you. You're literally crazy. They think you're crazy. Because because they are. We yeah. we fight against what we know the most about ourselves. Everybody screams, I'm not going to therapy because they know that they should be in yeah. therapy. Yeah. And they're afraid that they'll be judged once they got there for their heinous thoughts and issues yeah. that they're having. But guess what? We all have the same thoughts. Right. We all have them. Some of the worst that ever existed. Right. There's just a difference. We don't all act on them. Right. There's, you know, all those people need that help. And yeah. I feel like setting the example is the only way for people to get help. You yeah. have to, you, 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 the only way that you can help the people around you is to simply help yourself. Yeah. Simple as that. Because yeah. we follow people that emulate the things we want to feel. And if it's acceptable, if the people that look back on us aren't upset, you know, and we see that it's acceptable to find, you know, help and to feel better about life and that there really is no reason to feel judged. That's the dumbest thing on the planet. Judged. Yeah. Judged. What is that? Like, yeah. it, it, I don't even know. Can you hand it to somebody? Does it? It's literally this weird thing that, that changes how we act physically in our environment. We allow somebody else's possible thoughts about us to keep us from seeking medical attention for our brains. Yeah. That's yeah. insanity. 
Yeah. That's insanity. It is. it is. What do you yeah, what do you think? Like it's crazy. Yeah. I gotta simplify stuff. I'm not a bright man. I have to, you yeah. know, keep it simple. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> That's the way I do it. Yeah. Um, so I want to. Yeah. I, I don't want to miss out on the opportunity to discuss um, your charity and uh, make sure that everybody hears about that. Um, do you want to tell everyone? Oh yes, is the uh, the Pickup, uh, Episcopal's uh, Actors Guild is it's located here in New York, and uh, the Episcopal helps uh, you know actors, singers, and and uh, old performers. Uh, if they need help with the rent, you know, um, paying the bills or it, so they help. Especially yeah. during these times, the arts really took, yes. a, took a killing. Yes. So it's a really tough time right now. And then, uh, you know, if you want to make a donation, if you want to help any way, uh, it's, it's very, you know, we're there. <laughs> I, I, I think that um, th- that sounds like a, a great cause because in order to pursue your passions, you're not necessarily going to have all the means to be able to support yourself. Right. And, you know, and, and especially in a time like the pandemic, when everything went from, you know, being out in front of everybody to being remote and having right. to make that adjustment, there's so much time that creators don't get the opportunity. And let's face it, struggle, struggle creates the best artists. So you have to come from kind of shitty situations to have struggled. So oh, yeah. And I have so many, artists. yeah, I have a, like so many people who helped me, uh, to be here today. So I just want, you know, whatever, whatever thing I do, even the tiniest thing, I always want to put a little message there or, you know, you, you understand, like, I want to, it can help in a way because uh, this lady, uh, her name is Stephanie Clemens, and she was the director of, of Momenta, this company in Chicago. And I mean, she helped me with everything because I didn't speak English. I didn't know anybody. I was there by myself. And then she was helping me with everything, a place to live and, you know, everything. You can imagine. I didn't, I didn't, I didn't know anything back then. And she, she, she told me something very, very special. She said, I'm helping you right now, but I want you to remember that in the future, there will always be somebody who needs help. And I, I hope you do the same. What a beautiful human. And, and good for you for remembering that yeah. and staying humble and being able to implement those those measures to help people when you got the opportunity yeah. to do it. It's too often we we kind of shy away from those opportunities to help people on such a granular yeah. level, day-to-day levels. For for whatever reason, I, I have a theory that it's because you know, we're ashamed of the fact that we're not gracious for our better position that we're standing in when we're looking on that person. Um, that's just kind of my, my theory. But at the end of the day, the simplest, simplest things yeah. really make the biggest difference. And the, the, the fact that you remember that, and it's not just to do it, it's, it's also to spread it and to let other people hear that message. So I genuinely appreciate you coming yeah. on to talk about that um, and your story. It's, it's amazing. Amazing. It is. It is. I, I is and sometimes I receive messages on social media, like little kids, like young boys. <sighs> they send a message. Oh my gosh, uh, I, I love your work, and I want to be an actor. Or there was the other one from the north of Brazil. He's want to be a dancer. And you think, oh my god, how amazing oh, is it to know that you've inspired somebody on right. the other side of the world? Uh, right. Whether that's home it or is. not, that's still yeah. a world away. Right. And I always, I always feels like myself as a young boy and, you know, watching TV and, you know, that, like that feeling, like I want to do excitement. this. Yeah. I want to do this. Awesome. So they're, they're reaching out to you and I, I hear that you're being arrested too. 
um, the police outside your uh, apartment there in New York City. (laughs) Uh, No, I was just the other day I was talking to uh, Miss Michigan and she's in L.A. And she said there was a truck literally outside her apartment that just kept backing up and going forward over and over again. Oh my just God. beeping the entire time. <laughs> oh God. I found funny when you ask her if they all, because I think she was a five times. Yes, uh, five times. And the woman ate, hate her, right? You were asking her. Oh, you, yeah, I did. I was asking her, are you like, are you hated in the whole state? Like, how's that not, like, I can only imagine. But she's so humble and yeah. so sweet about it. And she described nice. it with several different competitions and things like that. But we we flock to people that have gone through, you know, th- those struggles. She talked about her awkward face. Like, we yeah, think right. that just because someone has physical good looks, that that means that they don't have the same, you know, inside pains and, and yeah. feelings that everybody else does. I mean, you I'd, would you stop showing like your 60-something abs in your pictures? Because it makes me have to do like more sit-ups. Like I'm scrolling through Instagram, I'm checking some stuff out, and I'm like, why does this guy look like he's got like... 30 abs instead of like 12 <laughs> or you know a six pack you've got all these abs and i'm like come on man that's not fair to the rest of us but you know what i was i was i was a fat kid it was huge like it was really and when i post those pictures it's like for me it's like really to feel like it because it you know, mentally, that's why there are so freeing. many. I'm, it's got to be so freeing. Uh, yes. And there's so many issues. I, that's why I go to therapy, you know. To have Dude, to. Body dysmorphia <laughs> is no joke. Oh Having those God. issues. And I kill you. The ballet has got to be horrible mm-hmm. for all those things. I mean, what? Like, uh, yeah. I don't know anything about the ballet, but except for the fact that there are so many eating disorders and things like that yeah. to remain in you know, and injuries, oh, yeah. and things are hidden and things like yeah. that. I, I, oh, it can't it, be any different. It's not just, just relate to the dance itself. It just relates to your life history because, you know, there's all the issues and then, you know, go through your family, going through, you know, just yourself relate to the world, to the planet. Uh, you don't feel 100%. good about yourself and you, the other kids are pretty. You know, you look at the other boys in school and they, you know, popular, they're good looking and you look yourself like, oh, God. Yeah, we judge okay. ourselves to yeah. the, the worst degrees. The worst, the worst. And it's, it's so painful. Like, why would we do this? Like, we know it's not. It's not no, good. We don't, we don't we don't know that it's even happening. We really don't even realize that we're having that internal dialogue from the moment we start understanding what's going on around us. And we're yeah. just collecting other people's facial expressions over and yeah. over and over again. When you walk away, what was the facial expression for what happened last time? And you just collect that judgment. Did they approve or did they scowl? Did they, you know, were they happy or were they sad with my performance? That performance could be cooking dinner or standing on a ballet, you know, at the ballet. It it really doesn't matter. We just, we put so much weight on what other people think. And so unnecessary because who cares, right? Just do, do your job. Just have fun, you know? Without the, yeah, without the, 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 the expectation, just, you know. What is there to expect? If there's no guarantee for the next minute, then why do you need to even worry about an expectation? Right. Worry. Right. Worry is an asinine right. thing. There's no, 
unless you're like, I, I think I say this, uh, I said it the other day, unless you're Nostradamus or some other brilliant person that can predict things, you're not worrying about exact things that are going to happen because you're what? not getting it right. Otherwise you're, you're predicting the future. There's a big difference. If your worry predicts the actual future, then you're amazing. Yeah. <laughs> All it's doing is literally just hurting you in the present. Yeah. Totally. Nothing more, nothing less. Yeah. Blauco, do you have anything coming up that you want to plug or you want people to check out? Um, I have, I would probably post soon. It would be out soon. There's a, a two, two short films that would be uh, out soon, I think in June, I guess. So I'll probably share on social media. Uh, I think probably go to festivals. So I, w- I would probably announce on social media for sure. Right. So everybody needs to go to your Instagram. And Instagram, that's- yeah. That's a, today, you know, like social media, it's yep, the best yep, place no. to get the latest, I, uh, it's it's the it's it's a double-edged sword that's for sure yeah. um uh, yeah we'll uh we'll have a link to it's at glauco Arojo. is it Arojo? yeah Arojo. Yeah. okay <laughs> at glauco Arojo, uh nyc yeah. um that's g-l-a-u-c-o a-r-a-u-j-o-n-y-c all right. Yeah. Um, well, just go to my web- Instagram. Yeah, my website. They have all the links to YouTube, links to Instagram. It's claucoaraujo.com. Awesome. We're going to have that in the show notes so everybody yeah. can uh, find all the information, click on it, and uh, definitely go check out the Episcopal Actors Guild yeah, please, charity. Yeah. Um, we'll have links to that as well. It's actorsguild.org. Um, and then make a donation is the uh, is the the location on the site. Yeah. Oh, the funny thing about uh, the Episcopals is the exist almost a hundred years. I think almost. I think it was nineteen twenty three. Yeah, there will be a hundred. Oh, there will be a hundred and two years. Right. Oh, they're, they're, they're oh my God! Yeah, that's right. <laughs> so Fred Astaire, Claudette Colbert, all of this was a member back oh, in the wow. day. So you, have to, you have to uh you have to say these things when we're talking about it. That's yeah. amazing. It was so these mem- are these are people that know the struggle and famous people that went through yeah. everything so to get there. Fred is there, I'm sure he donated into he died. He was uh uh a like a really uh, uh, a member. A very good benefactor, yeah. Yeah, yeah. He was. That's awesome. There's a, well, a couple other ones too. A lot of people have to. There's a people uh I think people who works there's a lady on Grey's Anatomy. I forgot her name. She's a. Oh, my wife would know it. She loves Grey's Anatomy. She's watched every single bit since day one. Right. Still watches it now. <laughs> it's so good. She'd know who it is. I have to finish right. the show. It's so many seasons right now. And it's too much. It's too much for me. <laughs> I, 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 I can't take the emotion in it anymore. I'm like, I know. Oh. It's like supernatural. It's like well, I can't have like a dying song every 15 minutes in a show that I'm watching. Like I every know. 15 minutes, the soundtrack sounds like somebody's about to die that's too that's too much and then, it's too yeah. sad yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah. well again Glauco, thank you so much for coming on um we're I, i'm i'm very grateful that you took the time to share such a great experience and um thank you for being an inspiration to other young glaucos out there and I, I wish you nothing but the best of luck in all these upcoming films like it, it, this is I see big things for you, you and all your abs. Um, (laughs) (laughs) Awesome. All right. All right, academics. 
Awesome. No, and and you're again, you're you're welcome to come back anytime. You're our new uh well, you'll be our new uh dance academy professor. So so we don't have just tragedies. <laughs> All right, academics, remember be cool and keep learning. Hey academics, thanks for attending another class at the Tragedy Academy. You can show us some love by rating us five stars on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, and Stitcher. On Amazon Alexa, ask to listen to the Tragedy Academy podcast. Please visit our website at thetragedyacademy.com where you'll find past interviews and blogs on our homepage and sign up for our newsletter, Spam with Extra Great. We're on Facebook at The Tragedy Academy Podcast, on Twitter at Tragedy underscore Academy, and on Instagram at The Tragedy Academy 2019, where we'll post recent shows, blog entries, and thoughts. Submit creative work and funny stories to us at our website or on social media. Thanks again for coming to class. And remember, be cool and keep learning. academics and welcome to the study hall. I'm Carl, your study hall monitor, and making sure that everybody is happy and they're not shooting spitballs at each other. Glauco Arroyo is a New York actor, dancer, and singer. To check out his videos, please go to youtube.com and search G-L-A-U-C-O-A-R-A-U-J-O. You can also check out www.glaucoarroyo.com and on Instagram at Glauco Oroyhu NYC. Now kids, no more spitballs. What's up, academics? This is Jay. I'm here to talk to you about Into the AM. This is a clothing and apparel company that I came across last year that has the absolute coolest designs. And the reason why I was attracted to it is because I grew up without a lot of money, like many others. And had to shop on that outlet rack with the irregular items, things like the fly was over four inches to the left, or the right sleeve would be twice the size of the left. It looked like I was growing horizontally. Like, it's okay, honey, you'll grow into your left arm. So you really don't get a chance to express yourself the way that you want to. You go into life, you start putting on suits, you start putting on uniforms, and you realize you'd never had a chance to truly express yourself. Enter into the AM, a team of artists and creators who share a common vision. They see clothing as a canvas to express what drives you. Since 2012, they've developed premium apparel that elevates self-expression and provides unparalleled comfort for wherever your passions take you. Into the AM's passion for change is the driving force behind their brand. They remain committed to creating products that inspire and promote self-expression by partnering with like-minded organizations focused on giving back to communities in need. Last year, they donated 1% of all revenue from their Graphic Tees collection to the Art of Elysium charity. The Art of Elysium is an artist organization built on the idea that through service, art becomes a catalyst for social change. For over 24 years, the Art of Elysium has paired volunteer artists with communities to support individuals in the midst of difficult emotional life changes. They currently offer 110 community programs per month, serving over 30,000 individuals per year. The only permanent thing in life is change. Supporting charities dedicated to helping those going through these changes, trials, and tribulations require a never-ending commitment. The onus is on us as creators to affect change through our true, authentic talents, and Into the AM is the model of how this is done. Their clothes are handcrafted with care. They have a team of skilled artisans that craft each garment with the highest quality fabrics and eco-friendly inks. 
Not to mention, these things don't shrink, they don't fade, and they fit as if they were designed supernaturally. I'm stopped every time I wear one of the graphic tees to find out where I got it. The colors attract attention from miles, and the art is nothing short of spectacular, with designs for everyone. One of my personal favorites, Twilight Maiden. Go take a look. End of the AM does all of this while putting their money where their mouth is. 30-day money-back guarantee, lightning-fast shipping, and hassle-free returns. The deals are endless. Graphic tee bundles, discount promo codes. Get over there. Check it out. I'm highlighting the tees, but I'd be remiss to not mention that if you want to walk around in the absolute most comfortable shorts, joggers, and basic tees, hit up into the AM. I even wear the basics to the gym. Head on over to the tragedyacademy.com, go to our sponsors tab, and follow the affiliate link to the Into the AM store. Help support Into the AM and the Tragedy Academy by purchasing the absolute best apparel and the best designs ever. And remember, academics, be cool and keep learning.